Sirius XM Sports Podcasts presents Mad Dog's Daily Bite with Christopher Russo. And good afternoon, everybody! I think myself personally that that committee, uh, you know, did a very poor job. Uh, you know, I think, first off, there's three aspects to getting this right. One, picking the right teams. Two, putting you know the uh, groups together fairly equally as far as the regions are concerned. Three, uh, seated right, where in fact you're in a situation where you know somebody isn't poorly seated, which then of course kills the bracket because it hurts the better team when they got to play a team that was poorly seated in a round maybe earlier than they would have liked to, which is not fair. And then the travel scenario too is. Very odd from their perspective. And some of the sites I don't understand either. So there's four or five aspects to doing a good job on the selection scenario. And since, uh, you know, we get this out of the way here at first hour today, and then we'll move on to the tournament and the guts of it. I think they did a terrible job with some of the selection process, really namely two schools. And I could even go to another one if you wanted me to, but somehow Rutgers and Clemson, our center on these two, they got royally jobbed uh, not getting into the NCAA tournament. Uh, you know, they put Nevada in. I didn't quite understand that. They went four teams out of the Mountain West, uh, unfathomable as far as I'm concerned. I mean, Rutgers beat seven teams in the NCAA tournament that are in this tournament. They beat seven of those teams. They beat Penn State. I mean, obviously, they won at Purdue. They won at Northwestern. They beat Indiana. They beat Michigan State. I mean, they beat seven teams. Nevada beat four. Now, why? Because Rutgers had a bad loss in November, you know, against Seton Hall, and we're going to wipe them out? I mean, is that the reason now? I mean, if you win 10 games, and I know they had an injury, but, you know, UCLA had an injury. didn't seem to bother them. You know, I mean, I know they're worried about this injury, but, I mean, still, uh, you got to look at the body of work. And, yes, they did lose at Minnesota late in the year. I understand that. Bad loss uh, in Minneapolis. But if you, if you win at Purdue, they beat a one seed on the road in the year. Now, if you beat a one seed on the road during the course of a season, if you're a team like Rutgers and you can't get into the NCAA, you think Nevada would have won at Purdue? And you can't get into the NCAA tournament? That, to me, is a mind-boggling scenario. I I don't understand how you can win at Northwestern, win at Penn State, who all of a sudden now has played well. Northwestern's a five seed. Penn State... 10 seed. They got a bad travel. We'll get to them. Uh, you know, they, they they beat Indiana at home. They're a four seed. They won at Purdue. How the hell are they not in the NCAA tournament? I mean, I, 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 to me, I don't care what their net is and all these stupid metrics that they look at. Uh, you know, you put Rutgers in Nevada on a neutral court. I'm going to put my money on Rutgers, and I'm sure you're going to do the same thing. I mean, Nevada lost to San Jose State the other day. I mean, and I don't want to knock Nevada, Alfred. I get it, but and I usually like the mid majors, but four mountain. West teams in the NCAA tournament, and we're going to blow off Rutgers. And I'm usually one who doesn't like all these deeper, uh, you know, conference affiliation teams. I usually don't like taking the eight, nine teams uh, in the NCAA tournament. I don't understand why West Virginia's in this NCAA field. I mean, West Virginia went seven and 11 in the league. I mean, outside of beating Iowa State, West Virginia did absolutely nothing. But West Virginia's in the NCAA tournament. I usually don't like that. But at least in Rutgers' case, they won some games on the road despite only going 10-10 and 10 in the Big Ten. I mean, again, they won at Northwestern, at Penn State, and at Purdue. I mean, West Virginia didn't do that. Nevada didn't do that. So to me, there is team number one that got screwed. And team number two is Clemson. Somebody has to explain to me how you can beat a team, and they didn't beat them. They destroyed them. Somebody has to explain to me how you destroy NC State three times 
All right? They beat them by 30 last week in the ACC tournament. They beat them by 14 at home. And they beat them by, like, 30 at Raleigh. And some they were 3-0 against NC State. And NC State, and they had won 14 games in that league. And NC State goes to the NCAA tournament and not Clemson because Clemson lost to Loyola of Chicago, lost the game at Louisville. Who cares? The bottom line is when those two teams got together and they're tight, NC State was an 11 seed. So you can't sit there and tell me that NC State, you know, won at Virginia, won at Duke and all that stuff. Bottom line is NC State was an 11 seed. So somehow NC State goes... Clemson, who was one of the first four out with Rutgers, they don't go, and they beat Clemson, and they beat NC State three times. I mean, that, I mean, that, listen, you know, Rutgers didn't play Nevada, so I can't even give you a head-to-head there. Clemson did play NC State. And, geez, I mean, I don't want to go crazy on I don't want to be on Brad Brownwell's, uh, Brownwell's uh, uh, you know, uh, Bob. You know, I don't want to be a big man for him or on his, or on his employee list, but that is absolutely absurd. You beat a team three times and you route them twice, all three games in double digits, and they don't go, and, and NC State does, and that's out of line. And throw in the fact, if you want me to continue with this, Pitt, they wanted Pitt. They only played Pitt once. They won the game at Pitt, and Pitt's in the NCAA tournament as a playing team and not Clemson. And now, listen, there comes a point, folks, where a tiebreaker has got to play a part here with head-to-head. Right, when it's that close, and obviously Clemson, NC State, and Pitt were close, Clemson first four out, NC State an 11th seed, and Pitt's playing in Dayton. So these three teams were pretty close to about who was in and who wasn't in and all that nonsense. Yet Clemson was 4-0 against the two teams in head-to-head with two of the wins on the road. They don't go, and NC State and Pitt do. I mean, come on. I mean, that, that to me is, I, 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 can't, I can't understand that. To me, it became, with NC State and, and Clemson, it came into either they're both in or they're both out. They couldn't go one and one. They could have put NC State in and Clemson out, and that's what, exactly what they did. Uh, we had the uh, selection share on last night. He tried to explain that, you know, a bad schedule, bad loss here. You're allowed to have a bad loss. I mean, geez. And NC State didn't have a bad loss, but NC State won one game of note this year. That was a halfway decent game to beat Duke. I mean, come on. Uh, th- that to me is, uh, I-, I could not understand that. And I'm also going to put Vanderbilt in the NCAA tournament. Vanderbilt had an awful November, which I do understand. They're trying to make every game significant. And they had an awful November. But, I mean, geez, they beat Kentucky twice, beat Tennessee, beat Mississippi State. All those teams are in the NCAA tournament. And they beat all these. They beat Kentucky the other day. They beat Kentucky in Lex at at, at, at Lexington in the Rupp Arena. They won it. They beat Tennessee, and, and they're not in the tournament. I mean, geez, they won ten of their last twelve games. They beat three teams in the top twenty-five, and they're not in. I got a problem with that. I mean, I'm not going to scream and yell as much about Vandy because they were bad earlier in the year. And you want to sit there and tell me that we're going to, you know, let's be careful. But I came home from that Connecticut loss the other day when they lost to Marquette. Couldn't make a three in the last three minutes. I came home from that uh, to watch the end of that. And the broadcasters, which I think the game was on the SEC Network, and whoever the announcers were, and I forget, all said, boy, this is going to get Vanderbilt in the NCAA tournament. They lose the next day to Texas A&M, and that wasn't easy. They played at midnight, and the next day they're playing in the afternoon. They lose by 12 the next day to A&M, and that knocks them out. That, to me, I didn't understand that at all. So those three things, 
uh, I had a major problem with those three teams, and that's the big issue with the committee. If they un- if they do bad seeding, and Texas A&M as a seven seed is ridiculous. Uh, Texas A&M is a pretty good team, and they beat Alabama, they beat uh, Tennessee late in the year, albeit at home. They got to the championship game of their of their tournament. I mean, my God. I mean, but I mean, I that's a poor seed scenario. But to me, you have to get the right teams in the tournament. And you know, I would have ta- if you ask me what teams I would have taken out. I would have taken Nevada out. I would have taken West Virginia out, and I would have taken NC State out, and I would have put in Vandy in, Rutgers in, and Clemson in. So to me, and I think you could, that is a very supportive argument you could make, and I do not understand it. That, that, that is item number one. Item number two, I mean, how is Kansas not playing in Kansas City? Now, normally I could care less, and I Kansas and uh, Kansas gets the breaks every year. But, I mean, you're going to sit there and tell me a team that won 17, uh, quad one, whatever that nonsense they use, wins, and they decided that Houston was a better team than freaking Kansas? Well, you know, Kansas didn't lose the Temple at home. Houston did. I mean, you're going to say, and Houston's got an injury too. So if you're going to bring up the injury issue, they got a guy who's got a bad groin, didn't play yesterday, and they got bombed by Memphis. So, I mean, how is the, I mean, and that is the reason, you know, they, and they had Alabama as the best team in the country, so they can pick where they want to play. And then they had Houston, the regional, and then they had Houston, the second best team in the country. And that's why they picked, uh, uh, they picked, I guess they picked Kansas City. What they pick Louisville? Maybe they pick, I, they must have picked Kansas City. No, Alabama picked Louisville. They picked Kansas City. And then, of course, uh, the issue for the other team was they had to go pick uh, Kansas, I guess, decided to pick Vegas. But I don't understand how in the world they could decide that Houston is a better. Houston's conference stinks. Every big game they had outside of Virginia, who's only a four seed, is in their building. You know, they played uh, most of those teams in their building uh, this year, including teams like, you know, uh, they played um, uh, they played uh, Kent State in their building. Most of their good teams are at home. And Houston can't score. I was surprised. To me, that's a joke that they think Houston is the second best team in the NCAA tournament as we kick this off. I do not see that. They're not better than Kansas. Right, Kansas is historically great. They won their regular season, albeit bad game against Texas. I'm not going to dispute the fact lost twice to Texas in the last week of the season. I understand that, but I was surprised they didn't put Kansas there in Kansas City. That surprised me. Now, they also decided for whatever the reason to put Auburn in Birmingham. We asked that question last night to Reynolds. How is the world, How did Auburn, a ninth seed that didn't play that great, how do they get basically a home game in Birmingham? Well, that's because of their seed line. They're the ninth seed. Put them somewhere else and let them go play in another region. Don't let, don't let them play the home games in Birmingham. I mean, I, that's, I don't know how far it is from Auburn to Birmingham. It was about three hours. That, to me, is a joke. They should not be allowed to play in Birmingham. I mean, I, uh, I had a, I mean, they're a ninth seed. It's one thing if Connecticut plays in Albany, you know, they were at least they earned a fourth seed. A ninth seed gets basically a home game. Uh, uh, that I was stunned. I mean, uh, that, that to me made absolutely no sense. And then finally, the other thing that bothers me considerably is some of this travel. And I know they don't necessarily look at this, but boy, oh boy, Arizona State and Nevada, you know, long way. They play Tuesday in Dayton instead of Wednesday. Princeton played yesterday. They play a Thursday game, and it's early. I look at the time, and they play Arizona Thursday out there in uh, Sacramento. They play that game at one ten local time, and they played yesterday at home in the uh, Ivy League final. Really? Penn State played yesterday, and they played Thursday in Des Moines. I-, I didn't quite understand that. 
some of these scenarios with this travel, St. Mary's, San Diego State, are both playing in the East. St. Mary's is playing in Albany. Is playing in Albany. That's a hell of a long way to send them, and that's an 11 a.m. game they have, uh, uh, you know, on their clock when they play in Albany all the way from St. Mary's. I, I was uh, that surprises me. You gotta give them a little break, do you not? And the other one was San Diego State that plays a Thursday game. Uh, and they play that game in Orlando against Charleston. I did not understand that. Some of the travel I, I had uh, you know, very odd with the travel scenario. And then the seeds, I mean, Texas A&M is the seventh seed, really? You're going to put Texas A&M, a team that uh, in that conference played in the championship game of the SEC, was 25-9, and you know, obviously beat Alabama and beat Tennessee late in the year, and they made them a, a seventh seed, which means that, you know, that hurts Texas because Texas has got to play them right out of the gate if they beat Colgate and then A&M knocks off Penn State. I did not understand that either. So those things from the committee, uh, uh, the, but the big things to me are the three in and the three out. The three in, of course, being, uh, you know, the West Virginians who at seven and 11 does not deserve to be in the answer. You can't go seven and 11, finish third to last in your league and get in. I mean, that doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, NC State that got routed three times by Clemson. They're in and Clemson isn't, which I do not understand. And you tell me how Rutgers, who beat seven teams in the NCAA tournament, seven, including a one seed on the road, a one seed, and Nevada is the fourth team in, not them. I, I don't I don't understand it. The strongest bracket to me, it, it, it by far, is the West. Um, it, you know, when I look at the top four seeds um, in the South, it's Alabama, Arizona, Baylor, and Virginia. I'm not sure if Virginia is that great. They can't score. They had basically 12 points at halftime against Duke. Uh, I've seen Virginia a lot. You know the way he plays. He takes 25 seconds off the clock, gets a decent shot with five seconds to go, and keeps the score in the 50s. Baylor's always a little erratic. You know, Arizona's good, and Alabama, we, you, know, his, you know, they're not historically great in these tournaments, but they are the number one team in the country. Midwest, Xavier's a three seed, and Indiana's a four seed. That's a little spotty. Houston, Texas. Texas never does anything in the NCAA tournament. Now, that's in the old days with Barnes and Shaka, but they are not a good—they never have— have been. They've been in one final four. All the great players they've had, they've been in one final four in the last 50 years. Uh, they were Tex Houston as a two seed in the Midwest. That's okay. The East has got Purdue, Marquette, Kansas State, and Tennessee. Barnes, the aforementioned, they lost their point guard. Kansas State is not the top 12 teams in the country. I was shocked. I know they had a couple of good wins on the road early in the conference in the Big 12. Uh, Marquette, I love, and they're dangerous. But, you know, Purdue, you know, we all know about Purdue. I mean, you know, they're very workmanlike, Eddie and everything else. I don't think they're a great team. A good team, but not a great team. But the West is tremendous. Kansas is a one. UCLA is a two. Gonzaga, that has their own uh, blemishes come NCAA tournament time. But that is a program with a lot of issues In when they have a lot of pressure on them. Maybe this time they'll be a little easier to deal with. They're sort of a little bit more under the radar. Plus, Gonzaga's got an easy scenario. They go to Denver. They gave them a break. They go to Denver, uh, Gonzaga, and then I believe... Uh, their last scenario is uh, Vegas. So that's a good travel scenario for them. And then UConn, who I guess everybody loves. Uh, I know ESPN does as a four seed. I, I think that to me, I like the uh, UCLA can beat any- I know they got an injury, but UCLA can beat anybody. And he's a great coach, Cronin. Kansas is the defending champ. 
Gonzaga's dangerous, and you, that to me is the toughest bracket out of all, uh, is the West. I think that is a rough bracket. UConn can beat anybody in the country as they've already they killed Alabama. So uh, if you don't think UConn can beat anybody in the country, you're not paying attention. They can lose to anybody, but they can beat anybody in the country. Uh, Gonzaga's Gonzaga. You know, Gonzaga won at Alabama, too. They beat, beat him in Birmingham, and then UCLA and Kansas. I think that's the toughest bracket. Now, as far as the opening games are concerned, um, I, you know, I'm going to go back to UConn for a second, and I don't want to do this, make this too territorial, but UConn has a lot of pressure on them, and Hurley does, the head coach, and I love Hurley. So this is not something, I mean, I'm a fan, but they have to beat Patino. He is, without a question, without a doubt, he is the best coach, pound for pound, in college basketball. It's not even close. Okay, you can take Bill Self, you can take Tony Bennett. The best coach, now that Krzyzewski's out, uh, now that obviously Jay Wright's out, I know Izzo's good, too. I know there's lots of good coaches. But to me, the best this is a guy that won at Providence. This is a guy who got to a Final Four there. He won a championship at Kentucky. He won a championship at Louisville. He, had, he was a good coach at BU. And he, did, he won with the Knicks. And he's now winning at Iona. I mean, he is and, and not even an issue. Pound for pound, he is the best coach in college basketball. And in one game, he can beat anybody. He can go out there and he can beat Milwaukee. He, won, he can beat anybody in the one game. And UConn will play them Friday afternoon at 4.30. And UConn, who has got a very illustrious history, three titles for Calhoun, another one for Raleigh. The women's team is outstanding. They love their basketball there in that little backward valley of stores. Uh, they sell out every game. They're a huge team. No pro teams in Connecticut. They are a huge team in this state. Huge. And Hurley is 0-2 in the NCAA tournament. Now, listen, he's just taken over that UConn program. They were in the depths, wrong conference. There's a lot of reasons that he didn't have much to work with when he got there. But, you know, he lost last year to New Mexico State, which was an awful loss when he, when he got beat by New, in Buffalo. The year before, they had Book Knight, who was a lottery pick, and they lost in the first round of Maryland. He cannot lose to Patino. I'm telling you that right now. And I'm not trying to be nasty. I'm just I'm being a sports. This is a sports show. And this is what we do here. This is a sports show. Uh, and, and, and that is one that he can't lose. And that's a lot of pressure on UConn. Now, if UConn wins that game, they can make a big run. Because I do like them against either VCU or St. Mary's. But with Patino, with those quick little guards who makes the game chaotic. And UConn's backcourt, if you saw the Providence game late Thursday afternoon... They can be a little dicey. So I think that game is fascinating, and that's a huge game, huge game for Hurley. I, I, they're going to downplay it. They can do it. They will wear a sports show. And I think that's an important game for Danny. That's number one. Uh, number two, I think it's a very interesting game with that Kentucky-Providence game. They put that game on Friday at 7 o'clock uh, prime time, and that is a fascinating game. There's a lot of reasons for that. First off, uh, the best player on Providence is a discard on Kentucky. He was on a team last year and uh, didn't play, and they lost to St. Peter's. That's, four, that's uh, the forward there. Was it Forbes? Is that his last name? But uh, I've seen him play a lot. He's a big, strong, burly guy. That is a fat, so that's number one. Number two, Kentucky lost first round last year, and you know those fans in Lexington, they don't like that. Uh, and Providence did not finish the season great, and that game, which is going to be played, where is that game? Uh, that game, it might be, I'll find out where that game is in a minute. I know it's at 7.05, but that game, that game is in uh, Greensboro. That is a great game. That is a great game. And I'll tell you something right now about Cooley. He's a very good coach. I'll say one thing about Cooley. If you remember there, they, were getting, they lost to Seton Hall their last regular season game of the year. They got killed at home. 
They lost their la- they lost to Xavier at home late in the year too, and they got they were down fifty eight thirty two to Connecticut last uh, Thursday in the Big East, and they came back and they made Connecticut sweat in the last twelve minutes of that game and had a chance to win. If I was Kentucky, that last twelve minutes would bother me. And Kentucky lost to Vandy there in very routine fashion on Friday night. And Calipari, after they lost in the opening round last year, his best, uh, the best player on Providence is the Kentucky discard. Providence is not coming into the season with a lot of momentum. That Kentucky-Providence game, as evidenced by its time at 7.05, is a fascinating game. Fascinating, f- fascinating game on Friday at 7.10. I love that game, Friday. That, that's number two. Uh, and let me give you a third one in the opening round, which is, you know, something that we can sort of sink our teeth into and have a little fun with in the opening round. Let me see if I can find a third one that I like a lot. UConn, Iona, no question about it. Uh, and obviously, you know, I'm going to tell you the Texas A&M-Penn State game. Uh, that game is in Des Moines. That's 10 o'clock on Thursday night. Penn State's got a lot of momentum right now. Penn State played very well against Purdue. They won three straight games in that Big Ten Conference tournament. They got a very good coach. He's a very good coach. This guy's going to get a job. A lot of people think he might go to Notre Dame. Who knows? He loves Notre Dame, but he is a very, very, he's a good coach. Penn State had a great second half of the year. It's a football school, and they play A&M with Buzz Williams, and A&M is a bad seed at seven. Penn State played Sunday afternoon in Chicago. Now they got to play Thursday night in Des Moines. That, and Penn State shoots a lot of threes, and they are the oldest team in the NCAA tournament. The oldest team. They got a lot of old guys on that team. And, of course, Texas A&M's got a good backcourt. That is a great game. Texas A&M, Big Ten, and the SEC. That is a very good game in Des Moines, that first game there on uh, that last game on Thursday night. I love those three in the opening round. Now, we were unlucky because, unfortunately, we wanted Indiana to play at the same time that Steve was uh, taking gummies, drinking beer, and watching a 116 game in Birmingham. We got the 116 game because he's got a lot of them in that city at that region. He'd be doing the gummies, and they'd be half in the bag the whole trip. But, unfortunately, he got Indiana on Friday. The Birmingham game's a Thursday, so he didn't get Indiana up against where he was sitting at that arena in downtown Birmingham, unfortunately. But we can hope that Kent State goes out there and knocks Indiana out of there right out of the gate. And just to piss everybody off, especially him, I will take Indiana to go to the Final Four. I'll give you that right out of the gate, not that I care about these Final Four picks. I love Marquette out of the East. I'm going to take Indiana. I think Indiana's got a hell of a chance to do a lot of damage. That's number two. Uh, I can't take UConn. I'd love to. I can't because I don't want to put the whammy on them. So I'll leave UConn out of it from a standpoint of that thing. I don't think Kansas is going to win a second consecutive championship. So I'll go to the Final Four. I'm going to take UCLA because of the coach and their defense. I will take that. And in the other bracket, the uh, bracket that um, has got Alabama in it, let me come up. uh, No, let's see. I took Indiana, and Indiana is in the Midwest, so I will take Indiana, and that is with Houston. So I'll take Indiana, and I'll take Marquette in the East. I will take in the West, I will take UCLA, and then in the South, I got to come up with the team. I am not taking Indiana. I will take, you know what? I'll take Creighton, their offense. I'm going to take two Big East teams. I'll take Creighton. I'll take Creighton, Indiana, UCLA, 
Creighton, Indiana, UCLA, and Marquette. Want more Chris Russo? Listen to Mad Dog Unleashed weekdays from 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern on Mad Dog Sports Radio, Sirius XM Channel 82. Mad Dog Daily Bite is part of the Sirius XM Sports Podcast Network. If you've enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcasts.